on this episode of Autographs. That's the answer is people overthink what, what needs to be done and, and they make it. You and I talk about this all, all, all the time about like, there's something you need to do. And you're like, oh man, that's probably going to take like all weekend. So set aside the whole weekend to do it. But this weekend I'm busy, so I can't. So maybe next weekend. Oh, I'm busy next weekend too. And it gets pushed down the road for way longer than you than you need to. And then you actually talk, tackle the task and it's like, you're done in 20 minutes. And like, why did I think I needed all weekend for this? And that's part of, uh, it's called the procrastination bias. Your brain is wired to save energy. Hey everybody, this is Nick Singh and you are now listening to Autographs. You know, when you stop looking for acceptance and you just enjoy your life, the whole game changes. You have to understand yourself. Like, and I think the real answer is real giving. Is that I don't understand why people don't get that if you give purely, you get. We get good at what we do the most of. You nurture the process of like going to yourself and listening to yourself and you get very good at honing your own intuition. Did I actually make people stop and go, whoa, humans are capable of more than I thought. You're great at a certain skill and you can then put that skill to use to help somebody else, that's fulfillment. My hope is that this show inspires you to just feel like you can just be yourself, have fun and, and, and enjoy your life too. So enjoy and take care out there. Dude, that's a fucking elite setup, man. It looks really good. Look at this. Uh, look at this stuff I got yesterday. What is that? What is that? I can't hear you because you're not on your mic. But my whole uh, my whole living room is turning into a studio. Look at this. Holy crap, man! Bro, that, anybody listening on audio, that's just like a bunch of really fucking cool guitars. Yo, dude, really quickly, show me your view. Just show me your view really quickly because I haven't seen it yet. Out the window? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see it. So, oh, that's so much better than King West, man. <laughs> Buddy, you know who's moving to King West? Juan is moving to King West. Is he? What building? I don't know, but he's like super down because he's going to, him and Gabby are going to live together. It was his girlfriend. Yeah, she's trying to move in from uh, from San Diego. Um, Very good. But, bro, something jokes is that I, so this mic, I got the cord. It's right there to go connect it to my actual laptop so that it's right here and you can hear. But I have two cords going through my computer right now. I have one connecting my nice um, 4K camera there. Yeah. And then I have the second one. And then the second one would have been this one. But the thing is, is that they both don't fit into the USB, which is really, it's really cheap. So I have to record separately. I have to record a whole different separate audio track on this uh, and then get my guys in the back end to sync it. So your audio sounds so much better than mine. <laughs> nice. So you have two cameras right now? Yeah, I do. I have, like, I have my webcam and then I have, um, and then I have Zoom. Uh, oh, sorry, no, I have my webcam and then I have my 4K camera. Uh, but, bro, your setup's legit, man. I'm, I'm actually setting up my studio in here. Um, I got like a bunch of really cool frames for Christmas. I'm going to move out soon, but uh, I'm going to put like a big like suits poster back here you know the show suits uh, i've heard of it i haven't seen it though so people said it's really good you've never seen suits no bro you would probably like suits every a lot of people have told me that but i never dug into it yeah maybe watch like the first like three episodes of the first season on netflix it's real it's one of my favorite all-time shows ever and i'm gonna put like an office poster back here and a bunch of stuff so i can step it up but yeah bro your your setup looks fucking elite there yeah man my uh i was showing my dad because he's into music too yeah. And uh, I'm like, hey, check it out. The studio is growing. 
And he's like, it's growing in your kitchen. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, it's taking out my, my kitchen as a studio. And then, uh, and he's like, maybe get in a second bedroom, your next place, get a second bedroom, put it all in there. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. So yeah, that's it's, actually, it's getting, to, it's growing pretty good. Yeah. That, that, that's actually really smart, man. That's actually really smart. Uh, but yeah, you want to know something jokes? Yeah. I don't think I fucking have seen your face in like seven months. I, have I was just face? thinking that, man. I haven't seen you in, uh, since when Mar- when's your birthday, February or March, March. Yeah, because I skipped it. You guys were going. I think you canceled it anyway, though. No, I can't. I, we weren't doing anything for it. I don't think we were. You invited uh, me somewhere, and then I was like, "Ah, we'll see what happens." And then, and then the numbers were going up. Yeah, and the back whole then thing. numbers going up meant like ten. Yeah, exactly. That was <laughs> that was literally we still the, canceled, bro. It. Bro, my birthday, March thirteenth, was like the day we went into lockdown. Um, yeah, and I just I just got back from LA that day. I had literally just got back from LA, and then the next day was my birthday. I was supposed to be in LA for my birthday. But yeah, I, I haven't, dude. I don't. Have we seen each other in 2020? I haven't at seen all? you, man. You look good. I haven't seen Thanks, you buddy. since since March, I'd say, or maybe even February. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I was expecting gelled hair, man. You're growing out, growing out the do there. Is that is that how long it's been? Have you gotten this, this is my COVID cut. Oh, I used to, when when things opened up again, I started getting haircuts again. But I haven't had one now for maybe like normally I'd be getting one, but you can't so. I haven't had one for maybe six weeks or something. Bro, I just realized for the first time that you can probably grow a shag if you wanted to. Probably should, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't have a choice. Yeah, with all this fucking rock gear, bro, you do a good job with the shag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a shag? No, I, I've never had long hair. I've uh, it's been longer, grow. but I've never, I've never, I've never been that kind of guy with like rocker hair kind of thing. Hmm. But would you ever? Would you ever want to? Probably not. I don't know. Not your thing? No. You know why? Because every time I was talking to a buddy the other day and he got a haircut after many months and uh, and he's like, oh my God, why did I let it go so long? Because he, he just felt a lot better and cleaner and looked better. I told him, I'm like, you look like 10 years younger, man, because uh, he got a haircut. And I, I and we, were, so we were talking about that and we were like, Every time I like now, I'm like, I need a haircut. And I'm like, ah, it still looks okay. And then I just let it go longer. And then I get a haircut finally. And then I'm like, wow, why did I wait that extra three weeks? Just get yeah, it it's actually a really trippy thing, man. That like, um, I, 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 one of my goals silently in 2020 was to, I, I was to groom myself. It sounds fucking crazy, but like groom yourself consistently. Uh, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes don't fucking groom themselves. One of my goals is hygiene. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like it was like it was like it, I, what what was happening, bros? I was just being such a such a teenager about the whole situation. I would like shave my beard, and I'd like shave my armpits, and I shave my chest, and I'd freshen up, and I'd get a haircut, and then I would just wait like like a month before I did it again, and my fucking beard would get all long, and then I noticed I started getting zits. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I grow my beard, it will almost like the relationship was like I would get zits. I was like, and I wouldn't admit it to myself that it was partially the beard because shit would get caught in it. It would get dirty. I would wash it, but it's it's still hair, right? On your face. So I was like, every Sunday is hygiene Sunday now. And then I have to get my haircuts every two weeks. Uh, and, and it's actually, it, it really does something for your confidence, man, when you look after yourself in really, really small ways. Yeah, yo, yo, your thing just cut conveniently. Your mic can't hear you. Check one, check two. Can you hear me? Yep, now I can. Check, check. Oh. Yep, you're good. Wait, wait, wait. You're back, by the way. You were back. How was that? Yeah, excellent, excellent. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know what, it, I got to figure what, out what that is, but 
sometimes this interface it just cuts out and then i have to unplug it and plug it back in like every half hour or something gotta, you know what that is what is that no no i'm asking you no i don't know i i've stated focus rates are generally really easy to use interfaces so it's a good thing that you got one but i've stayed away from it i have a really simple interface here it's like a zoom recorder mm-hmm. um but you can do a lot more with yours like you have the right one for music in my opinion yeah I got to figure out what that is because it's annoying. Like re- when I'm recording a music, it'll just like cut out something. Ha- there's like a surge or something and it cuts out. And then you're like, you have to stop and then re- redo the whole thing. That's that what just happened. Is it just like it, everything flashed and then I had to unplug it and plug it back in. That's annoying. That can be annoying, especially if you're trying to do shit. But what, what do you think about that? How often do you shave? Like what's your... I haven't shaved since uh, 2000. <laughs> I haven't shaved. For anybody listening on audio, Jason is basically clean shaved right now. I'll no, be- I, I don't shave, man. I, I use the um, the trimmer. Like, no, no, that yo, bro, bro, that's the same thing to me. I don't ever go bald. I don't ever yeah. go bald on my face ever. But how often do you do that? Every three days or something like that. Every Four day? days, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you find there's a direct correlation between like you looking after yourself and your confidence? I would say, yeah, 100%, man. Like, uh, if you put some time into what you're wearing or what you look like or whatever, for sure. Um, that's just how it is. Like, it's, uh, if you show that you care, well, if you care about yourself, you're going to project that to the world. Like, that guy cares about himself. Look at him. He's put mm. together. You know? Yeah. That's a <laughs> you're going to get that reaction from the world. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good fucking point. It's a good point. Why, why do you think most people don't do it? What do you think that is? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know, laziness or just not knowing. Here's the thing. Before I went to Italy, I didn't really know what, what it was to put yourself together. And then, cause when you go there, especially Milan, Milan's like the center of the world for fashion. Right. So mm-hmm. when you're there, it doesn't exist. Somebody walking around with like, that just looks average. Everybody looks like, wow, they, they picked everything. Everything they're wearing was thought of and put together. Like She's wearing the white glasses because she has a white belt on and uh, there's white accents on her shoes. And that's like, she could have put red glasses on. She could have put black glasses on, but she put the white ones on. Right. And everybody looks like really put together. So that really changed me in 2000. I was there in 2009. I lived there for a few months and then I've been back like 20 times since, but I just love going there. Cause that's, that's one of the aspects of, uh, of Italy and Milan and, sp- and specifically is there just like, that's how you put yourself together. Would you say people here kind of look like bums? Yes. In comparison? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, like certain parts of Toronto, but uh, it's more so in the U.S. Canadians aren't so bad, but um, I'm not talking like I'm Mr. Fashion or anything, but. Uh, well, you definitely, well, well, you dress well, like, like you dress well enough. Time into it just because I've been influenced by, by the Italian culture. I'm also half Italian, so that helps. We were raised like that, like go put on something nice, you know, um, but Americans are much worse i think nice nice what are you currently <laughs> reading right now and by the way hold on a second I, we're just casually diving in jason's anybody listening or anybody watching uh jason's been a good friend of mine for years we actually we met in a jokes way i'll tell the story as to how we met mm-hmm. can i can i tell the full story do you care i don't hardly remember but tell whatever you want about like the chick at archangel <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> 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 all right so all right so so i was at this like event in in toronto um it was on like some some rooftop i forget where it was but it was it was fun it was for this company called archangel uh which is this event company here in toronto and uh this was how many years ago was this man this was it was a while man probably like five years 
Yeah, yeah, it was probably like five years, like something like that. It was crazy. I was still in university at the time. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to a few people, and then I see Jason. And <laughs> if once you get to meet Jason, you would actually know this is very typical behavior for him. <laughs> but like at the time, I was just like, oh, that guy's that guy's just sitting on his own. And most people sitting on <laughs> like most people sitting on their own, they don't like they they might actually need somebody to talk to i don't know maybe they're uncomfortable with things but that's not jason jason i i guarantee jason could go to like a whole networking event if he yeah. wanted to and sit on his own the entire time and still feel really like really good to about be honest himself. i prefer going to things like that alone yeah yeah no i i go alone as well but i will i think you're more comfortable like sitting on your own and shit right. like you were literally just by yourself no one was talking to you so yeah. in my head i was just like oh maybe maybe i should go talk to this guy maybe poor like guy. like yeah i was like fucking poor guy <laughs> uh it turns out i was wrong he was actually trying to he was trying to pick up this girl. <laughs> what happened, man? You were trying to pick up this girl and some old guy? There was this girl I was talking to for a bit and um Oh wait, for a bit? At the event or just like in general for weeks or something? I didn't know. No, 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 I just met her there, man. Okay, true. But I just yeah, I met this girl there and uh well, there's lots of people there. I met a lot of people, but there was this one girl I was talking to for a while and I was I was feeling like she, there was some interest there and um uh so i was like pushing i was kind of pushing up the flirting levels like usually like when you start flirting it's just like you start really low right just a, yeah. a tiny little comment i like your shoes or whatever and then all and you escalate it higher and higher to see how they react and then they if they react positively and you one up and one up and one up yeah that's what building tension is right you build the yeah. tension so that's what i was doing and she was she was going along with it totally and it, it was getting to the point where we were just about to kiss each other i i think it was getting very close to that Cause we were get, talking closer and closer and it was saying more and more risque things kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then, <laughs> right <laughs> at that part where it's like getting really tension, um, this, this really old guy, uh, he's probably like 70 or something, but he just kind of cut in and he's like, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, and he looked at her name tag, whatever. Nice to meet you, Cindy. And totally cut it off. I'm like, what are you, buddy? Did you not notice what was going on here? Like we weren't casually talking. It was like really intense looking in each other's eyes saying oh, she was talking oh. about how juicy the watermelon is. And I was like, yeah, you look pretty juicy too. And <laughs> going back and forth like this. And she's like, oh yeah. Like, and I'm like, your lips look really juicy or stuff like this. Right. And she's yeah. like, yeah, well, why don't you, why don't you do something about it? Right. It's getting like really, yeah. So we're like really intense. And then, and then this guy just, hi, nice to meet you. And then and I'm like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? That's so brutal. So that's when I just like took a pause and I just leaned against the, wherever we were and then you came along and you're like yeah yeah then i came along i felt like at the time i came along at least for my history understand that's hilarious that old dude old dudes will forever fucking cock block the younger generation with no social awareness god bless us all that i actually remember that old dude he was actually a nice dude he's a nice guy he's a nice guy yeah yeah i don't, I don't have, i mean there's there's four billion girls in the world it's not the end of the world yeah but, exactly. um, but then that's when yeah yeah that's when that, that's when you and i met and then, yeah, so anyways, J- Jason and I became friends that night, and we just kind of stayed homies. But Jason, Jason's a local local baller, local millionaire, <laughs> so to speak. I don't know what to call you. You're just my boy at this point. But, right. um, but like, from the outside looking in, he's been featured on Forbes and many notable publications. Uh, he scaled his business, uh, Render 3D Quick, as well as JCAD, kind of about the same thing, as far as I understand, um, to the number one of the number one if not the number one online 3d rendering firm in the world is that a, i accurate? believe so yeah 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 it's based it, on ad spend it's based on, so that we can see what other companies are spending on google mm-hmm. and so we see what we spend and then we're spending like a lot more than them so i just assume we're getting more business because we're spending more on google 
Yeah, exactly. More leads, is... more impressions, more conversions. Like it shows you all the stats of all your competition. Yeah. Yeah, which is a fair, fair ass man. By the way, to anybody listening, it's a one man business, so to speak. He's got forty employees around the world, mm-hmm. but it's like a contractor relationship with them. Um, yeah. So it's technically speaking a one man business. So Forbes wrote about him, million dollar one man business. Um, and yeah, he's been a he's been a good friend and incredible mentor to me over the years. Um, he's somebody who I'm definitely gonna just kind of have in and out uh, on the show. I think I think we'll probably end up just doing these like fuck. I would be down to do them once a quarter, man in the new year because we always have we always have really good conversation um and yeah just just keep on coming on but that's jason in a nutshell uh mm-hmm. so welcome man yeah that's how we met we started chatting at that thing and you were asking about online business and stuff like that i gave you some advice and then you, you said can i get your number and yeah then we just started chatting yeah the cool thing about jason entrepreneurship the cool thing about J- jason reads more than any human being i've ever met literally like there, there's some people who read a lot there's only one other guy who I know. I've told this to you before, Jace, but there's only one other guy that I've ever met that maybe reads as much as you. That's just always reading. But I think that you read more than him. But someone I've learned, you are, you're actually really low key about your reading. You're not low key, like trying to hide it, but you're also not in everybody's face. Like, oh, look how many books I'm reading. Look what I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you currently reading? Currently reading uh, Deep Survival. What's it about? I just started it yesterday, I think. Um, it's about why... Who I think the subtitle is so it's deep survival and then the subtitle is who lives who dies and why, and it just talks about um, some a little bit about, about our cognitive biases so what we think is safe and it's actually not safe, and so people that have learned to listen to their cognitive biases like one one here's a good example he said he just got to Hawaii the author he just landed in Hawaii he rented a place or a hotel or something right on the beach he comes out. He's like, the first thing I want to do is just rinse off all this uh, airplane staleness off my body, right? Or sure. jump yep. in the ocean. So he goes out and there's a, he's, he notices there's nobody in the ocean where he is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's, there's some people off to the left, but where he is, there's like, there's nobody in there. And he's like, oh, I'll be the only one, <laughs> right? But then a little voice in his head, because he's also, he wrote the book about this. So he, he kind of, he knows that maybe there's something wrong, right? So, so he, he goes over to the lifeguard and he's like, is there any reason why nobody's swimming over there? And the, and the guy's like, yeah, because you're going to get sucked out with the riptide and you're going to be gone. So, uh, and there's also like warning signs and stuff that he didn't see, but how many people, so then he went in, into the statistics of it and how many people land, do the exact same thing, land in Hawaii. Oh my God, look at the ocean. Let's jump in. Boo, and then, and then they're gone. A lot of people die doing that every year. Are you serious? Yeah. A lot of people die. So that's just one thing. He's like, why do some people don't even why why do their brains not even clue into like maybe i shouldn't be swimming where nobody else is swimming maybe let's go some people don't think of that and they just jump in so he gets into the the wiring of the brain of why that is that's and then so different different concepts different different things it's about fight flight and freeze right correct yeah yeah fight flight so everybody knows about fight or flight but he also says a big factor is freezing so it's uh, if you notice, like a little kid, if they're in a in a scared situation, they don't really they don't know if they should run or sh- if they should fight. So a lot of the time they just freeze, right? And they're just like looking around. Or if you think of like a, a dog or something, if they're scared, there's lightning. They just kind of like freeze and they're just like they look. Only their eyes move, right? Nothing else moves. Yeah. So um, he talks about that a lot. That when you freeze, that's when uh, you're you're kind of thinking about what to do, but it but it's also delaying what you should do 
It's a, it's actually a really sad thing, like to watch like a fucking dog freeze. I don't know if you've ever seen a dog freeze. It's fucking sad. Yeah, um, yeah, it's but, panicking. It's in but mode. you want to know something interesting? I don't know where this theory came from, but a, a buddy of mine actually presented it to me the other day. I'm curious if this author touches on it. You're gonna have to let me know. But this this new age theory that is yet to be, as far as I'm concerned, and know, and again, all I've done is heard this from a buddy. I've done no research. But um, it's suggestive that we're actually engaging and developing because human beings are dynamic characters mm-hmm. um, into having a fourth primary instinct. And the fourth primary instinct is fight, flight, freeze, and they're calling it fawn. 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 Yeah, yeah. So fawn means people pleasing. Um, and uh, they're actually defining this as an actual instinctive reaction that's becoming so widespread and common. And the basis of the understanding, as far as I as far as I know it, is that we're developing so much as social creatures, and we're living in civilized times unprecedented to any other time before us. Mm-hmm. So the civilized, what what allows the civilized times to exist, are good social relations. Um, mm. So when when those kinds of social relations are threatened or were threatened and we might lose a sense of acceptance or belonging from that group, it feels very much so like fight, flight, or freeze. But the actual response is not fight. It's not freezing. And it's not it's not fighting or, or flighting. It's, it's actually fawning. It's like people-pleasing. Oh, I'll just go into this gregacious mode of like trying to just be... And you see a lot of people, I, I was like this, I, I've experienced this, this is the reason why I'm saying there may be some basis here, like, to to this whole argument around people pleasing. What do you think of that? Interesting. So it's yeah, called it's fawning. Also it's just called fawning. Re- I, huh? I think it's called fawning. Yeah, it makes sense. So in other words, like, pleasing or just agreeing. And so it's just to re- repeat what you said, it's so it's, fawning would be not fight and you're not fighting and you're not flighting either you're not running away you're mm. just agreeing with what they're saying just and then just okay then we don't have to fight and i don't have to run away yeah to kind of keep and i don't i'm not freezing either it's like another option right exactly it's kind of like to keep the peace you know you just kind of turn into like this yes person um and and it's it's out of fear like when i've experienced this myself it's out of fear uh it, it's normally like oh fuck like i'm afraid that this per this authoritative figure whoever they're gonna look down on me i'm gonna lose my sense of social belonging if i don't and all this stuff happens unconsciously i'm not fucking saying that to myself inside my head like oh i'm fucked if i don't start agreeing uh but then i just start agreeing like crazy whenever i experience this there is like here i'm just gonna pull up some of the notes that i had here as well for our conversation that's why that, that's why i had those up uh but yeah um it seems like a fearful thing so I, i'm curious to know if that author is going to dive into that uh well to be honest i'm only about halfway through the book so i don't really know if he's gonna dive in yet he hasn't dove into that yet but um personal thoughts on that would be um uh i just did a i just did a well you got for christmas you got me the jordan peterson personality yeah your personality thing and i don't yeah i I love that uh thank you again by the way yeah my my pleasure i dove into it and it talked a lot about the big five which is um it spells ocean, so it's an easy way to remember it. So O is openness. C, conscientious. Let me see if I could guess them. Let me see if I could guess them because you've told them to me before. Can I guess them? Yeah. Openness, conscientiousness. Yeah. Uh, I know this one. It's it it it's, it's it has something to do with like expression or extroversion or uh, agreeableness is A. 
Oh yeah, agreeableness is A. I was going. To oh, eat. sorry, we're on E. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. I was. I spelling oceans wrong, or were you? I was spelling it wrong. So okay, o- cool. openness, conscientious, conscientiousness, a- extroversion. Yeah, extroversion, agreeableness, and then uh, neur- neuroticism. Correct. So the thing about this fawning is it would relate to agreeableness, right? And um, if you're more agreeable based on that test and I, doing the, if you do the test, it's super interesting. So Peterson has a similar test on his, that he like created for his audience. But if you just search the big five personality test, it's about a hundred, it should be about a hundred questions to get an accurate reading. And if you do that online, you'll see where you fall on each of the big five. And then it'll give you kind of feedback of like, um, and there's no, like, there's no good or bad. There's no like, Oh my God, you're so open or, Oh my God, you're so agreeable. There's part, pros and cons if you're if you're really open there's positives and negatives and if you're really closed there's positives positives and negatives so if you do that you see where you fall in the agreeableness so if you if you're the thing about agreeableness is um if you if you please everyone like well the other the other the other side of it is if you don't please if you're if you're not agreeable at all which i'm not I, i'm like zero percent agreeableness according to that test um the good thing about that is i don't have any resentment or anger because i just if i don't agree i don't agree right now i'm going to tell you i don't agree right and i'm not going to scream and yell and uh i'm just going to voice that i don't agree whereas if i'm on the other side of the spectrum and i'm agreeing with everyone uh i just watched the tyson podcast where they said if you're friends with everyone you're an enemy to yourself which is related to agreeable right so if you're agreeing with everyone, you're your own enemy because you're just you're getting walked all over. People are asking you to do something and you're just, yeah, OK, and you agree with what they want you to do or what they want you to say or how they want you to act or whatever. You got to have some kind of backbone and um, uh, like, you know, self-esteem or you got to be able to say no sometimes. That's part of uh, part of growing when you're younger as a child. You just do whatever you're told. Right. Your mom says do this. Your dad says do that. You don't like question it. And then you get to a certain age where you start to learn, like, why do you, why do I have to do that? I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I ask you a question? Parent gets angry. Huh? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, so that's interesting. In my experience, because I'm, I'm, I'm more agreeable than you. We've, we've spoken about this. And I, I need to still do the test. I'm going to like accrue time to do the test. That said, I can already guess that like my agreeableness is, is above fucking zero for sure. It's above zero. Right. And what often passes through my head and heart when I'm like agreeing with folks is, um, is, is I don't want to make them wrong and I don't want to make myself right. Um, and I, this is a process of like maturity. So I want to know if you feel this way in that um, I believe, and this is something I've learned from Ray Dalio. Um, it, it's that uh, he, he wrote, he, he said this in his book principles and I just I was like, Holy crap. It was like a huge breakthrough. That whole book principles, this is my number one lesson from it. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, you'll never believe how many people, and this is, if you guys don't want to read principles, just listen to his TED talk because um, mm-hmm. it's really fucking good. I think you might have sent me his TED talk, actually. I don't know. But don't anyways, know. but yeah. Google the principles. Like somebody, somebody summarized them. They're good to know. This was like my favorite one. Uh, and he, he, he pretty much talks on the fact that he goes, the thing that gets, in his opinion, people into the most trouble in life is the need to be right. He goes, you would never imagine how much trouble that gets people in. Mm-hmm. He says, and that's why he at uh, what's his firm called? Bridgeway, Bridgewater, yeah, Bridgewater, Bridgewater built a meritocracy where like the the best ideas went out. It doesn't matter who's in a position of quote unquote leadership. It's like the best ideas win. 
Uh, so he's do- he's really found a good way to equal the playing ground better than a lot of people that I've seen. That said, the the whole core philosophy of Bridgewater is not about being right, and it's not about being wrong. That's not what that that's not what's valued. Right. What values is what's best. Mm-hmm. So he goes, never forget. This is the line he said. It gives me shivers just saying. He goes, you're, he goes, never forget that when you're in an interaction with somebody, even with yourself, you're not looking for what's right. You're not looking for what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're harvesting for the best. Mm-hmm. That was his line. I was just like, that's really fucking good. So it's kind of like beyond right and wrong. So is that what goes through when, when you disagree with somebody? I don't think that you think about it as much as I do. It's probably just because you're you've developed a maturity around it and the comfortability. But do you? It doesn't. It doesn't feel to me when you're saying to somebody, "Nope, I don't agree with that." I've seen people do that, and sometimes it's really defensive. You've done that with me, but you're never defensive about it. You know, you're never like, "No." It's not about being right or wrong. It's exactly. We. I don't. I don't hundred um, percent see how you see it. So that's why, uh, like, the part of the maturity of it is saying, "Can you explain more why you think that?" Right. Mm. Which I do with you or with anybody. Why? Unless it's like totally absurd. And I'm like, that's absolutely wrong. It's a waste of my time to talk about. Mm. Um, but most of the time I'm like, okay, can you explain more? And like, dig it. And, then I, and then when I see your perspective clearer, like, oh, okay, I understand now. Then I can make a deci- decision of like, okay, I still disagree for these reasons. Because what you just said, this is the information I have on that. And um, which, which goes against what you said. Or, you know what? You're absolutely right. I didn't even see it. I didn't think about that. And it, it, it's, it is correct. So I don't think it's it's less about ego. Ego is like ego and being agreeable are separate things, I think. Like being agreeable, like a Bridgewater, right? Could you imagine if Ray Dalio, if, if he was re- super agreeable, right? And the business operated on being agreeable, all their investments would go to zero because yeah. somebody would say, we should invest in this. And rather than argue it or, or debate it, they just go, oh, okay, let's try it. Who knows? Let's see what happens, right? <laughs> They're just pe- that's people yeah. pleasing. That's yeah. that's um, you're being t- you're agreeing with too many things. Don't be scared to push back and say no. Why? Why do you think we should invest in that? Well, yeah. here's the numbers and here's the growth trajectories and here's statistics of the company or whatever. Okay, then let's see. Maybe we should let's talk about it a little bit more, right? Um, but being totally disagreeable, that's being like by doing that, you're disagreeable. Right. Because you're saying you're not just agreeing with anything that comes on your desk. Ray Dalio doesn't agree with everything. Right. He's going to question every single thing. Um, When it's ego, that's more like that's emotional. That's more like um, you just want to win something. You just want to prove somebody else wrong. Right. So I think ego is is more of a. Yeah, it's a toxic thing. Everybody, I think everybody has experienced some kind of ego battle they've had in their life. Usually it's more related to uh, money or uh, or relationship, romantic relationships. Those those like that gets your ego going for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So when you want when you want to be right about those things, um, that that gets really messy because you're not using logic or reason anymore. It's things are becoming illogical. You're just trying to prove them wrong just so you can be right. And there's no there's no benefit to it though. You're just you're just gonna lose. Yeah, it takes it, it takes maturity, man. Like this is so what's interesting, what do you So first of all, I actually do think there's a relationship between ego and agreeableness. And in fact, I would actually argue this is the reason why people are so fucking agreeable to a fault. 
And by the way, I, I just heard this in Jordan Peterson's book, which again, you recommended me. Like Jason has recommended me my favorite fucking books in life. The only two books that Jason has not recommended me. Okay. Let me, my probably my top three books ever in no, actually maybe in this order. The first time saying this out loud are definitely The Alchemist is number one. Number two is probably Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. And number three is probably, I can't make this up by Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey and I can't make this up by Kevin Hart are two excellent books. They're not by any means the most groundbreaking books so far as thought and provoking new new ideas, but I just love entertaining books and I love entertainers, so they resonated with me. That said, in my top 10 list, Jason has filled more than the majority of those slots, although the first three kind of just came to me. Um, Jason's book recommendations have fucking changed my life. 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, he just said this. He goes, note that any time you're operating or somebody else is operating on any end of the moral continuum, meaning on one end of the spectrum you have disagreeableness, on the other end you have complete agreeableness, he goes, you're you're in for very hazardous conditions. He goes, it's going to be fucked. So you have to find something different than that. Um, and I agree with him. That said, I would say there's actually a relationship between, you said ego and agreeableness are two separate things. They are, and they also aren't. And here's my thought. It's a new thought. I think folks are so entranced by needing to be right. They're so fearfully afraid of being wrong that when they step into a situation where they could be wrong, they they decide not to risk their opinion to learn and grow. Instead, they just flip the side of the coin and they become ultra agreeable to a point where they become people pleasing, which is a very unhealthy behavior. And I think it's because their whole self-identity, Tom Bilyeu talks about this, and so I'm curious to know what your self-identity is wrapped around. And here's what I mean. Tom Bilyeu, he he reckons that his whole self-identity... Oh, well, let me step back. That's because those folks' whole self-identity is wrapped around needing to be right. And anytime that they're not right, they feel like they're not operating at the core part of their identity, which is a huge part of who we are. Whereas Tom Bilyeu, he changed his life years ago when he decided to... Uh, to create his self-identity and self-esteem and self-respect out of learning out of growing like that's who he saw himself as and because of that kind of disposition if you take on that orientation in life he was really open to being wrong but he also claimed it when he was right and it's because he was not in a fight to be it's kind of funny like in order to be right and to be wrong you have to go beyond it you know like like if you stay at the level of where you're just settling for either being right or being wrong you're never going to have it if you go beyond that level and operate at a higher higher standard so to speak of saying no i'm not here to be right or wrong i'm here to get better i'm here to grow myself then it allows you to actually engage and grow and it also subsequently allows you to be disagreeable so Question for you, what do you wrap around, like what, what's your identity wrapped around? I, I know the answer because I know you, I just want to hear you say it out loud. Is it wrapped around being right or wrong or is it wrapped around growing and becoming better? Is that your goal? E. <laughs> Point B. <laughs> but that, here's the thing. So um, how should I structure this? I, I, I used to did, be a super ignorant, huh? Did that make sense? I don't know. Did, did that make sense? I used to be a super ignorant person. And I, I think like anybody, if you're young, then you're, you're going to, you're going to be kind of an, you're, you haven't really experienced the world yet or learned much. Uh, you haven't gone through certain things, good things, bad things, whatever. So you, you don't have the wisdom under your belt yet. So I, I looking back, I was an ignorant, I was just a typical ignorant young guy, teenager, early twenties or whatever. And thinking I knew everything. And I, I was proud of the fact that I didn't read since high school. I remember like when I was working, um, I went to school for engineering. 
And so I worked as an engineer for about 10 years before I started my businesses. And um, during that time, I'm around these engineers and engineers are typically smart people, right? And so they'd be recommending books to me like, oh, you should read this book. There's a like in conversation, we're talking about something like, oh, I think you'd really like this book. Actually, it talks about what we're talking about right now. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like, I, I haven't read since high school. And I'd be like proud of that. And it probably looked so ignorant back then to the people telling me like, why are you proud of not reading? <laughs> are you an idiot? <laughs> but I was proud. I was, I was ignorant. I don't know why. I, I, it's just the way it was back then. But then I, I think I started feeling that in conversations with people, I'm like, I don't really know what they're talking about. And maybe I should start picking up some books so that I don't feel like inadequate around these people. Right. So I started doing that. And what it did, it just, the first few books just blew my mind. Like, whoa, I thought I knew everything about this topic because I'm so ignorant and I know everything. As soon as I opened this book and started flipping through it, I was like, wow, I don't know. I really didn't know anything about this topic. And then I watched a video recently by Robert Greene, who wrote the, uh, the 48 Laws of Power. He wrote a lot of production, books. Production, Art of War, all these different, like fundamental books. Um, Laws of Human Nature is another great one. But he, he said, and this, this made a lot of sense when I heard it, he said that re, what reading does, what people don't realize is what, what reading does to you is it is the author, like you and I are talking now, right? Or if you're talking to anybody, so out of politeness, if I'm talking to you, or you're talking to somebody, they're not, if I say something that I think is right, out of politeness, they're usually not going to tell me why I'm wrong. They're just they're going to agree if depending on the agreeableness scale of the, of that person, if they're really agreeable, they're just going to go, yeah, okay. And they're going to think like he's wrong, but whatever, let's just finish our lunch and then we'll go our separate ways. Or if they're not agreeable, they're going to, they're going to push back a little bit, but it's never going to be as much of a pushback as when you're reading a book by an expert who's been doing that topic for, for decades. And here's their, their main wait, hold on, rewind there for one second. It's never going to be as much of a pushback as when you're reading a book from an expert. Okay. Yeah. So what, in other words, what a book, what reading books does, Robert Greene says, is it humbles you because you're read the author is telling you you're wrong, but indirectly they're not, they didn't write the book for you personally. Like, look, here's all the things you're wrong about on this topic. You're just picking up their book and you're like chapter one. Oh, wow. I'm wrong about this. I'm wrong about this. And you're, and that's what learning is realizing you're wrong about something and then correcting it. Right. So wrong about this. And then you finish that book and now you absorbed decades of knowledge that person had and wrote, wrote it in that book and you absorb it. So now you can correct your thinking around that topic. And then you do that over and over and over again. And you're getting corrected by somebody. And the reason you can handle it is because your ego isn't like, like if you're having lunch with somebody or whatever, and you're like, this is what I think about this. And I'm right because of this reason. And then they think, no, you're not right because it's more of an ego thing. Your ego guard is down when you're reading a book because you know, the author's not directing it at you personally it's to like here's the it's public knowledge so um yeah to answer your question it's growth and that's what uh that's what shapes you that's um it's it's just it's just what happens and i'll say too that like i've read i'm not bragging but i've read i think close to 900 books now and i see that i after i read the first few like i said i was like holy like i learned so much from just these couple of books like what else don't I know? I got really curious. Like, I, I don't know anything. Like there's nothing, I don't know anything. So like, let's go, what's another, another book and another book. And I'm just addicted now. I'm just like, I'm reading this book, uh, deep survival. There's things I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So constantly getting humbled. So like the other guy, you said, Tom, 
Bilio. Tom Bilio, yeah. Tom Bilio, yeah. Yeah. So he does. He's he centers his life around growth, and that's it. If you're humble and open to learning, then that, that's that's just what happens. You're gonna grow, right? You're gonna you're gonna run yeah. into things you didn't know. That was really, really, really well said. You said that to me before, but I forgot it. Actually, one of the biggest gifts you've given me, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, is just by being virtue of being your friend, you've taught me, which I fucking love, mm-hmm. uh, to enjoy books. Yeah. Um, meaning, um, a lot of times, and I see this even in my friend group, like, People read, especially if like they're in the personal development space, people read and it's like this very deliberate thing. Like I'm reading this book to grow and what have you. And there's, it, it can't be forgotten that like at the core, writing is an art, you know, it, it's a way of like transferring information and data and, and it, it's, it's considered an art form. Like writing is considered an art form. And as far as I'm concerned in any kind of art, there's an element to it. Alan Watts says this. And I'll say what Alan Watts says in a moment, but there's an element to art that just requires like enjoyment and 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 presence, and not like work and force. Uh, and Alan Watts, he has this great line. He's just like, um, he talks about like work and play, and he goes, if he goes, you must do both. You must work and play. He goes, but note that if you're playing with the intention that you're just doing this because it's good for you, so you can get back to working, he goes. He goes, that's not play. That's work. And what I'm getting at is that you are like such a force of nature in my life in in you enjoyed books so much and now I'm starting to enjoy books. And I'm not like I'm not leafing through them like highlighting a fuck ton of thing. I'll take notes mm-hmm. and I'm not like going back into them and being like, Okay, what can I deliberately change about my life and becoming really I do they change me, but I'm more so allowing myself to like get built up i like there's a saying called death by a thousand cuts so i'm more so allowing myself to get built up by like a thousand good ideas you know versus like needing to to hone in so deeply on one so that's actually been my key to 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 books actually it wasn't as much what you said that's been your key my my key was learning to enjoy them um right almost as much as i enjoy movies um which is a it says a lot because I did not read for many years. I read, then I took many years of hiatus not reading, and they were a great few years. I was doing it deliberately because I was given that advice. It was great advice, and the reason it was great advice was because I was listening to, at that time, all I was doing was listening to Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. um, and I was maybe reading like a couple of just key books, but I did not. I was so young and impressionable that I didn't have a voice of my own. So I took some time, which I still do, and I'm still doing, to like develop my own voice. And now I feel like I'm coming around the bend a little bit. I'm going on on a reading tear, which feels fucking excellent. Good, man. I, I've never asked you this. What's been... No, no, no. Go ahead. You comment on that. Then I'll ask you. I never asked you this. What's, what's one of your all-timers? Like, your all-timers of books... Wow. And like, like, mind you, like, don't take this question so seriously in the aspect. Just how about you name some fucking solid ones? And I know you have a, by the way, anybody wants to check them out, you can go to jasonvandergrant.com. Um, that, and, or you can just go to, Jason, what's your IG? Yeah, you can just go to my name.com, jasonvandergrant.com, and I have a books section. But your name is really hard to fucking spell. So, like, spell it. 
<laughs> J-A-S-O-N. V as in Victor. A-N-D-E-R-G-R-I-E-N-D-T. Like, what's your What's your IG, bro? What's your IG? Uh, at same thing at Jason Vandergrant. Maybe, maybe just as a side note, maybe change your IG to Jason Vander if you ever want to, because it's so much easier for on a podcast for people to be like, oh, go to his IG, Jason Vander, and then go to his website. Because true, people are never going to type in. Because even I forget how to spell grind, and I've been your friend for a long fucking time. We'll just give up a lot. Yeah, Jason Vander. What is the last part? Ah, uh, forget it, dude. That's dude. That's fucking human nature, man. That's human nature. So if you want people to fucking go to this book section, they should try Jason Vander. But it wasn't available, so I just did my name. Maybe just try the name. Then on the there's a books page, and then uh, I have the best 150 books I've ever read. Um, so like I said, I've read close to 900 now, I think, and cool. so I was distilled it down to like here's the best ones I suggest, mm-hmm. especially like getting started. So like my site's more about business and building an online business. Um, so it's more geared towards business books, persuasion books, sales books, like sort of the best sales books I've ever read, the best business books, the best, uh, personality books or whatever. Um, so the best, um, let me reframe this for you. Let me reframe this for you really quickly. Cause I just kind of had a moment where I imagined what would somebody do? What would I do if somebody asked me what's my favorite movie of all time? And I, I'd be really flabbergasted to answer. It'd be really tough for me. So just instead let's reframe it. Uh, what are some bangers, bro? Like one that you, changed my life early on was the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I still haven't read that. No, <laughs> no, no. And I need to, it's, it's on my show. That one's like a Bible for me. It's a Bible. I read it very early on when I was working nine to five and it's all about working online and having employees all over the world. And, um, it, it's the step by step. Well, a lot, it's just, it's kind of like a guide. Like, here's what's possible. Here's what I, Tim, it's Tim saying, here's what I do. And it's possible for you too. So it was one that really opened my mind of like, hmm, like how can I turn this day job into making money online? And then here we are today. That was maybe 15 years ago. Was that before Was that before JCAD? Was that before your company? Yeah, like JCAD didn't exist and I read the book and I was like, huh, let's see what we can do. Did you start JCAD from that book? What's that? Did you start JCAD from that book? Uh, Partially, yeah. It gave me a big boost of like, wow, I didn't know you could do that stuff. I didn't know what what Upwork was. I didn't know how to get a 1-800 number. I don't know how to set up an email account. I didn't know all that stuff, right? In, in that book, it just walks you through, here's how easy this stuff is mm-hmm. to set up an online business. Here's You can make a website really easy, really cheap. Um, a lot of people just assume that stuff is hard and expensive and difficult. Bro, I, I have to ask you something. And I know I just asked you about the book thing, but we can always revisit the book thing. Yeah. It, the, this is your first time you're on my show. I'll be damned if I don't ask you this. What? Because this is like your whole makeup as a human being. Every any, If I introduce you to anybody, they undoubtedly notice this most prominently about you. Undoubtedly. Me and Juan laugh about it hilariously. Like <laughs> Jason has like a, Jason has a, a genuine world-class ability to make decisions. You are insane at making decisions. And it's because you just have a really, I've told you this to you time and again, I probably never will stop. You have a very beautifully simplistic way of looking about life. And it's not a simpleton way of looking about life wherein it's like an unexamined life. It's an examined life, but it's like a simple approach. That said, you have built your multiple six figures per month business. And I just want to make a note about Jason. Um, Jason is the reason Jason and our homies in large part, the reason I talk to him so much is because he is both happy and like fulfilled with his life. And he's also very successful. Like, uh, so most very off, successful, <laughs> very, very that, but that being said, just Brinsic. Nick, give me another very, but <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that said, 
um, a lot of folks just have the success bar. They've achieved a ton and they haven't, uh, they haven't found a good sense of happiness. And you could usually tell, uh, I don't get that in Jason at all. So that's why I'm trying to break this down for you folks. Cause I've had a chance to bear witness to it for a very long time. What do you fucking think it is, man? That stops most pe- people from just doing the shit that they want to do. And by the way, I'm not talking about business because you just listened to the Tyson podcast and you gave me a great insight. You were like, Nick, all these people just did what they were good at. You know, like, for example, I was good at engineering and like I had good qualities to make a good online entrepreneur and I was able to make that work. And you're like, there's this guy who has would never know what to do with my company, but he's made 400 million doing this or whatever. You can get good at whatever you're good at and, and allow that to work for you. But what do you think is it that stops most people? Because you... Like, it is very simple shit that's built your business. It's all out there. Jason has 39 lessons. Are they still free, by the way, the 39 lessons? Yeah, free. Cool. Yeah, he gave away 39 lessons, 39 lessons when he turned 39. He gave away his 39 top lessons. Great, great, great course. So go do it. It's on Spotify and stuff. But that said, and it's all free. Um, what do you think it is that stops most people, man, from doing what they want to do? Because you found a way to do it, to just, like, get those little things done, which we have both agreed on are not hard things to get done at all. People overthink it. Mm-hmm. Why do people? It's like that's the answer. Is people overthink what what needs to be done, and and they make it. You and I talk about this all all, all the time about like there's something you need to do, and you're like, oh man, that's probably gonna take like all weekend. So set aside the whole weekend to do it. But this weekend I'm busy, so I can't. So maybe next weekend. Oh, I'm busy next weekend too, and it gets pushed down the road for way longer than you than you need to, and then you actually talk tackle the task, and it's like you're done in 20 minutes. And like, why did I think I needed all weekend for this? And that's part of, uh, it's called the procrastination bias. Your brain is wired to save energy, right? So your brain says, your brain knows something needs to be done, but then it automatically says, yeah, but that's going to take all weekend. So your, your brain is trying to conserve your energy because of evolution, right? Like thousands of years ago, you didn't want to go and waste energy doing something if you absolutely didn't need to do it. So, and we still have that wiring. So now um, what I learned early on a long time ago is when something needs to be done, just do it now. And because it's going to take a lot less time than you think. And it's, it's way easier than you think. Like I said, the Tim Ferriss book, when he's like, here's how to get a 1-800 number. I was like, that's it. Like, I thought it was like <laughs> all your phone company and fill out all these forms and da, da, da. it's like, go to this website, click on uh, join now. And it's free for the first 90 days or something. Right and forward it to your cell phone. And I was like, that's it. Okay. I'm going to, like, I, I'm going to do that now. So I, like I did it while I was at work. Okay. Now I have a 100 number. Like that, that's so easy. And I, the more things I did though, the more th- like, so up until that point, everything that needed to be done in my life to transition it, to become online, work online and work from anywhere in the world, whenever I want, wherever I want, that's the life I wanted from a long, long time ago. And I was like, okay, here's all the things that need to be done to get that lifestyle. Uh, but I can't do them because I don't know how to do web design. I don't know how how to do this. I don't have fifty thousand dollars of startup capital, like all these myths that I didn't that I thought were real but weren't. So then, as I started knocking those things off, each one, I was like, that was so easy. The next one, that was also so easy. Like, so why was I waiting so long? So now, I have uh, my brain's condition that when something needs to be done in my business or something I want to do. I automatically think that's going to be so easy because everything I've done is so easy. It's not that hard, right? 
that's so oh like i if i was somebody listening to this show that i know that might have just sound like oh that's not important i can tell you from from being homies with jason that has changed my life more than any one thing else and he's he's undoubtedly right like it's hilarious how much we overestimate tasks when he first said this to me i was like yeah and then he started saying it a few times and i remember i accidentally stumbled across the truth of this i was just like damn i remember doing something that i I, rem- I almost remember what it was. I, th- I just thought it was going to take me days. And it-, it took me about four hours. But I thought that it was going to take like 14 days. That's what it felt like. It felt like it was going to take me about two weeks. And it took me about four four hours of just really digi- diligent, uninterrupted work. And two things came of that. One, I was very fulfilled from the hard work, which I don't think most people engage with anymore. We've spoken about this. Maybe we'll talk about that next. It's just working hard. And the kind of joy that comes from that and how culture just doesn't, it doesn't, it no longer requires us to work hard. So we don't, and then we get really upset and anxious about our lives. Whereas societies in the past, they, they were forced to work hard. The conditions of their lives made it necessary to survive. Whereas we've reached a point of civilization where we no longer have to worry about that as, as, as feverently or as fervently, um, as feverishly. And uh, as a result, we kind of live lives of immense ease and we get to choose the difficulties we engage with, but we don't always choose them. And we very often forego them and we we procrastinate. Um, So I I would argue that if there's one thing that, like you're the type of guy, man, you're at a stage in your life where if I were to take away JCAD, render 3D quick, it it would be, I would give you three months to six months before you just built that thing back up. You know, like into what it is, because you would just be able, and you would beat everybody as well, um, just because you have you have the principles and guidelines. Um, so thank you for sharing. It's like that book or that um, that new series called Undercover Billionaire. I think I I don't know if I send it to you or not. No, no, that sounds. It's a series where they they drop off a billionaire. He's he's a legit billionaire, but they strip him of everything except for a change of clothes. Uh, they give him a truck. They give him a hundred bucks, and they give him a cell phone. And they drop them off in the middle of America somewhere, and they say, "In three months, you have to turn this and turn this hundred dollars into a million, or you have to donate a million dollars to, uh, to whatever it is, to some charity or something." Great, that was season one. It's, I highly recommend watching. It's really interesting. Where is it on Netflix? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, let me look. Undercover Billionaire. I just found it online. I'm gonna look it up right now because that's Cardone is doing season two. So, um, he they're gonna drop off Grant Cardone. In the middle of nowhere they're filming it now i don't know if you noticed grant cardone's posts on on social media they're like he's cutting no. the grass or something um them trying to earn money because he doesn't have any undercover billionaire no continue i'm listening i'm just it shows how like once you have the skills you can just you, you can apply it and go and do it again and again and again and it also shows it's a really good contrast of so the dude that they drop off and, the, and, and he can't tell anybody who he is or how much money he has. All he tells people, the story he tells people is that, uh, yeah, I, I worked in Philadelphia nine to five. I'm getting older and I, I'm just sick of the nine to five. And I want to kind of finally take the, the leap, leap of faith and like quit my job, start my own business and succeed at that. So he, start, he has to go to a city. He doesn't know anybody. Right. And he has to make these connections. And uh, the first few days he's like scrubbing toilets just to make money, just so you can pay, buy gas. It's that intense. Like they really, yeah, it's intense, man. He sleeps in his truck. It's like minus 20 outside grand Cardone. Same thing. I saw the previews, but, uh, it's intense. They have no money. So they're, they're wor- barely working, but they find ways to make money quickly so that they can use that money to invest in the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. 
and he turns it into a million bucks at the end of three months. But um, that's fucking sick. That show uh, reveals a really good contrast between exactly what we were talking about, where he knows how easy things are, right? And just just go do this, and it's done, and then you get this money, and you can invest it in this, and then flip this car, and then flip this house. Uh, whereas everybody he's working with, so he hires like an interior designer or, um, uh, all he has a whole team of people that he meets in the first couple of weeks that help him jump on his team. So he says, Hey, you know, I want to build this thing. Uh, I need your help. I can't pay you right now, but, uh, if, if you help me, I'll, I'll pay you late when we make money. Right. So he, some people don't agree, but a lot of them agree. That's wild. It, along the way, he knows that like, this is going to work and we just need to work hard. If you just outwork people, you're going to succeed. Everybody else works at this level. And if you work at this level, Elon Musk says this too, right? If you just outwork people, success is inevitable. So this guy has that attitude. He knows what it takes. And it's not like he's sweating or anything, but he's just, he's working hard. The people on his team, you can see they're just kind of average people. There's nothing wrong with these people, but they're, they're average and they don't have that mentality. So he's like, we need to get this done by Friday. And they're just like, yeah, but it can't be done or it's too hard or like, he's he's a dreamer that's not going to work it's never yeah. going to get done by friday and he's but they don't see the the benefit if we finish it by friday then we can do this and this and this exactly it's a it's just a good contrast of of somebody that's really driven and just wants to get stuff done and then he's surrounded by people that are just kind of like I don't, that that's impossible or you can't do that or that's not going to work that kind of mentality right which is the average person uh whereas like what you're saying that I, I i just do things just get it done let's go yeah so when I saw that guy, I'm like, yeah, that's how you have to do it. You got to go do something. What's interesting is, is that not to spoil the show or anything, but at the end, all of them kind of see like, oh, that's why we were working so hard and things needed to be done by this time and by this way. They're like, okay. And you could see that they were taught what he knew. Yeah. So you're like, good. Now, hopefully they go and use that same skill of like, let's, this needs to be done. Get it done. Next, 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 next. Let's go. Right. How beautiful of a thing, like to just pass down knowledge like that in such a crazy way. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, that's fucking incredible. I have to watch it. It's not on Netflix. I just looked it up. Um, so I'll have to see. I'll have to see. Found where it, it on uh, F movies. Check out F movies. F movies. Yeah. F- what is that? Some Yo. Some random like uh, streaming shit. Yeah, streaming. They have everything on there. Yeah, those are fucking good things, man. Like those. I don't know how they don't get shut down, but they have they, they Well, they get shut down all the time, man. Like there was this one called Prime Wire, and then they just kept on changing the URL. Like, and then it got let me watch this, and it was like let me watch this dot one two three, let me watch this dot z. I don't know, come with the most random fucking URLs in the world. Um, That's the latest F movies, but it's on F movies. That's where I watched it. F movies Yeah, cool. Sounds good. I always love when like one of those links kind of slide through the radar. Um, I I could fucking go all day. Um, all right, let's do let's do this. Let's do this. Um, I'm looking at my list now of like stuff that we could talk about. This has been great. Um, let's talk about 2020 mm-hmm. and like history resurfacing itself. Um, and then let's talk about a few good things for people to walk away with into 2021 for anybody listening. Um, a few good things. Um, and and then we'll and then we'll wrap out. Um, All right. What do you want to talk about with twenty? How are you on time? How are you on time? Huh? How are you on time? I got all the time in the world. <laughs> I figured you're gonna say that. <laughs> that is Jason to a T. Uh, Another thing about me, if you don't know me, is like I'm I'm just free all the time. 
And yeah. the people, people ask me all the time, like, how come you're just always free? Like, don't you have stuff to do? Or, I mean, yeah, I have stuff to do, but I do it when I want to do it. So exactly. Yeah. Ex pressing. Right. And you talked about happiness. I think that's the other thing is like, there's nobody, nobody owns me. That's for me, that brings a lot of happiness. I don't, not even customers own me or anything like customers are calling while we're doing this. We're like, I don't care. Yeah. Wait a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do this every day. So they know that I, I answer the phone pretty, pretty regularly when they call right so there's just the one time i don't answer like big deal yeah exactly no you're good at owned that. is a big thing i always hated i didn't i didn't hate working when i was nine to five i hated being owned that's what i hated yeah no i i can concur with that speaking of missing phone calls one of my customers sent me an email yeah uh that says i just called and left a low blood sugar long rambling message on your voicemail <laughs> <laughs> but here are the here's what i meant to say kind shout of. out that person for that self-awareness um that could have constituted for a, a Jason ass whooping as far as I'm concerned. Jason, Jason has never shown fear in Jason is the epitome of not condoning the customer is always right. No. Bullshit, bullshit thing, which is bullshit. I'd say yeah. That. Which, which right. I have, and I that's have, not ego. It's just, it is what yeah, it is. I know. I know. No, no, no. I, you are undoubtedly correct. For instance, there's, there's this guy texting me, I, one of my clients put me in a group chat with him. He's like, Nick, can you help this guy out? And I said, sure. What? Uh, sure. sure. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. I said, sure. So-and-so can you catch me up? And then he just, and then he just goes, um, he gives me some random address and he goes, and he just writes this. And I was just like, I literally just replied question mark. Question, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to do with this? This is an address and you just wrote this. Um, and he replied while well, we've been talking, but I don't care to look at it. Um, it's just random man it's like what the hell um they, they don't here's the thing people have this this complex of the customer's always right kind of thing because that's how they're raised right or that's how people think in the world but with an online business it's a little different because they're not in person so they, they stretch it a little further right uh so what happens with with me is um they'll, they'll start to push it but then when i push back what that does what i've learned that's why i do it more often or I, i'm not i'm unapologetic about it is because it forces them to respect me, right? Because they're like, oh, you're right. I'm pushing it pretty far. I'm sorry. I get apologies pretty often. Not direct, like, I, I just want to, I'm, I'm so sorry for what I did. No, it's just, no, you're right. Okay, let's do it like this. You're right. Um, like a guy today, I was out walking and uh, a guy called and he's giving me all these instructions. And I'm like, listen, I'm out. I can't write all this stuff down. Can you just send me an email? He's like, well, why can't you just, um, why can't I just tell you over the phone? And I'm like, because I can't write it down and you're in front of the computer. So do it. You're right. Okay, I'll do that for you. No problem, right? Mm -hmm. If the customer is always right, that attitude, I would have been like, yeah, okay, hold on a second. I just find a place to like type in my phone or, or, or to scribble something down on a piece of paper. You don't have to do that. It's uh, It forces them to respect you. And now that relationship, there's he has respect. To, he doesn't want to waste my time and call. So next time, if, if he has to call again, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll just type it in an email again so I don't waste his time on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Very cool. Think of yeah. a relationship too. If you let somebody walk all over you, that they're not respecting you. You're not getting respect. As soon as you push back, that's when people start respecting you. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I I concur undoubtedly and wholeheartedly. You're you're incredible at that. Um but yeah, so we're okay. Yeah. So a few like notes on twenty twenty and then a few good things to consider for twenty twenty one. Let's do that. Let's do that together. Twenty 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 has been an interesting year, man. I've had Honestly, man, it's been it's been a good year, and I know that that's like uncommon to say, 
it's been a strange year. It's been an interesting year is probably the better way. To, yeah, it's been an interesting year. Um, I've grown in ways and um, it's been lovely. You, you've hit record highs. Like your business has substantially grown. Well, how have you been able to keep your, your head above water? A lot of people are struggling to do that. And I don't mean head above water financially, like you've been good, but how have you been able to mentally keep your head above water amidst all of the, the quote unquote chaos? Because, and I ask this just so I can provide preface, Jason is not some, he's not like a classical optimist, I, I would say. Like you definitely look at life in an optimistic way, but you're not like over and unrealistically positive. That's not you. You have a, you have to plug that thing in? Yeah, go plug that thing in. Yeah. You have, you have a good look about life and you, you're like a realist, right? So you see things how they are, um, not worse than they are, but also not better than they are. So how have you been able to mentally keep yourself in your head above water through 2020? I would say that goes back to the topic of reading. And um, that's that's humbled me a lot. Talking like how Robert Greene says, it's the authors showing you where you're wrong. So a lot of people during lockdown, the first lockdown, and now even in the second one, the second one's kind of a joke because people aren't really following it. But the first one, people, there's COVID fatigue, right? Like I can't handle this. I can't stay home all the time, um, all that kind of stuff. I've read a lot of history and you, you just started getting into history too. So you see how, like it's only very recent in, in the history of humans that we have temperature controlled homes to live in with comfortable beds and down filled pillows and uh, you know air conditioning and abundance of food cheap that you can afford. Like it, it, life has never been so comfortable, right? So all these history books I read that's been burned in my brain of like, this is how hard life used to be. And people used to die all around you all the time or suffer all the time. Or um, there wasn't painkillers. There wasn't medicine. There wasn't police. There wasn't like, for most of our history, there, that stuff didn't exist. And the other thing that really helps my perspective uh, is I have a lot of employees, 40, about 40, maybe 50 now, all over the world. And a lot of them are in Eastern Europe or different parts of the world that are poor. And um, a lot of people say like, oh, well, you're taking advantage of them. You just pay them $2. No, I pay them very well. But in their countries, their countries are poor. So they're, I'm paying them well enough that they're like rich. But the people around them in their countries are not doing very well. And I've gone to see them, I don't know, two or three times now. So I, I rent a car in Ukraine. And I when, when the first time I went, I rented a car in Ukraine. And I drove 9,000 kilometers in, in one month. So like all 22 countries or something, I just drove through the whole thing. Even countries my employees aren't in. I just drove through just in, so I'd tell the employee, hey, tomorrow I'm going to be in your town. So we'll have lunch or dinner or whatever. And then a couple of days, nobody. And then another guy, whatever. But seeing that part of the world, that's, it's not like France or Italy. It's like Eastern Europe, right? So not places, you don't hear about those places like, oh my God, you got to go to Bulgaria. <laughs> like nobody says that, right? <laughs> you got to check out Kosovo. No. Nobody says that uh, because they're nice places. They're beautiful places, but they're not, there's not, also they're safe. Like there's a stigma of like, oh, they're dangerous to, no, they're, they're very safe places to be. They're just not very nice places because there's not a lot of money there because nobody has any money. So they're not, um, crime might be a little higher, but the people are very friendly and very nice, but you see how they live. So like we, in Canada, you walk into a store, there's hand sanitizer. Here's a free mask if you need one, right? That, that kind of thing. Over there, almost all of my employees have had COVID. 
And it's because their countries don't manage it as well as ours, right? Like they don't have the money for testing and, and tra contact tracing and hand sanitizer in all the stores and masks. And like a lot of people can't afford masks. They're like it's, it's food or masks. Like I'm not going to buy masks. We can't even afford food. So um, that puts into perspective of me. So when I hear people here saying like, oh, I can't like stay home anymore. This is driving me crazy. What do you mean? Like there's people in the world that are like would die. There's a saying of uh, uh, millions of people would love to have your worst day, right? That's just mm -hmm. people in the West. People in the West don't realize how good you have it, especially in regards to history, like how we used to live. So like think of, and, and especially like Christmas, the, the holidays now in 2020, and people are like, oh, my Christmas is ruined. Blah, blah, blah. Like how many Christmases were ruined because their house was blown up during the war, right? Like be grateful that you have Zoom to talk to your family. A lot of people, their families died that year. Children, like babies died, got blown up. Like a lot of bad things have happened. So be, be that just makes me grateful. I'm, I, I'm like, I'm grateful. COVID, I'm grateful. Like my life is amazing because I get to have, a dishwasher i get to have running water you don't have to worry about disease and famine and like there's so many things to be grateful for i think gary v talks about that a lot too right like yeah he does that you're alive right now yeah i'm and like it's so easy to be alive so yeah i see it like if we have to lock down and just uh watch netflix like that's that's the easy it's embarrassing if you had to tell your grand grandparents or great grandparents that lived through the war like imagine telling them face to face if they were still alive, like, oh, I have to like stay home and watch Netflix. This is fucking awful. <laughs> Trenches, you fuck. Like, yeah, what's wrong with you? I was yeah. for your fucking freedom. And now you're complaining. It's like, true. Shut the fuck up. It's like embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's what keeps me. It's just it's it's that's burned all those books I've read and the things I've learned that's burned in my brain. So I, I what can I complain about? There's nothing to complain about. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful so the thing is so i love that um speaking from experience it can be hard to engage in that kind of perspective right you have a unique you sit at a unique um position here because you've read so much and it, it is conditioned into you right so these realities are much more apparent to you than even me i i've read less history than you uh, and even for folks that have read less history than than both of us and i'm no history buff but i want to become one kind of anyways it's like um i think i just had a new insight as you were speaking it was that okay if 2020s taught us anything mm -hmm. look at it this way if we were given the easiest task of all time to sit at home get paid eat food and fucking and and fucking watch netflix and do whatever the fuck you want to do and we were still unhappy and upset about that, okay? If we were still unhappy and upset about that, then it needs to be considered. If we were given the easiest fucking task of all time, look at it this way. Right. If we were given the easiest task of all time to sit at home, get paid, mm -hmm. eat food, watch Netflix, or do whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. and we were still going to complain about that, mm -hmm. if we are still going to complain about that, that says something to me that w we were given the easiest task of all time and we're still going to complain. We're still going to be upset. That means to me that part of what makes the human human and part of what like allows for fulfillment in life 
is that before COVID, right, people were able to get away with like the numbingness that just comes with life. You know, it wasn't easy enough for them to just kind of float through and feel that it was too easy and they couldn't really feel their strength and feel who they are. But it also wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't hard enough for them to like grip and sink their teeth into something and make something of themselves. So they kind of lived in the middle and society just allowed for that. It was like a reinforcing process. You know, you got stuck in your routines and your habits and your shit and then days would go by and soon weeks, then months and then years. So it allowed you to kind of stay in that numbness. 2020 goddamn knocked that fucking shit right out of us quickly. And, 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 and one of two things could have occurred when like disaster strikes, so to speak, things either get evidently one of two ways for people. They either get immensely difficult. That would be like a war. Okay. An unbearing difficulty where everything gets shut off and everybody has to focus on this or they get immensely easy. Okay. And this was a time where things, it was a bit of both depending on your situation, but in a lot of cases it got immensely easy. And that was actually surprisingly worse than the numbing. It was worse than the numbing because the numbing kept us indifferent. The numbing kept us not having to worry about growing and doing something difficult. Um, when things get very difficult, it almost can become overbearing. Um, and then you, you forget who you are in that circumstance because all you're focused on is just survival. But when things get too easy, again, there's no good end of the moral continuum. And when things get too easy, it's just as bad as when things get too difficult. Um, so I think that actually you're, you're right. It's immensely, we, we've been asked to do a very easy task. It's embarrassing if we can't get it done. But that said, I think that it should be considered that maybe this is a good opportunity to actually engage in something worth engaging with. Because if we're not going to be happy when things are too easy, we're also not going to be happy when things are too hard. So then what we must do is we must find meaningful and difficult things to do in life so that we can kind of feel who we are so that we can actually enjoy easy times. You know, we can actually enjoy watching Netflix because the thing that would be missing from just watching Netflix all day is a sense of meaning and progress, which is, I think, something that went from a lot of people's lives. Yeah, I don't I, think it's the boredom that bothers them. It's that they're just like, what is the point of my life? Yeah, it kind of set in, you know? What am I doing here? What is this? I'm just supposed to watch Netflix? Exactly. Before they were numb, and then now they came to this really easy, comfortable lifestyle. And I think that it's a very dangerous place to be, again, as is as dangerous in doing something overbearingly difficult. Correct. I think in life... Maybe it woke some people up that, um, wow, if when I don't have the distractions of uh, modern life, like I can't go to basketball games and dinners and clubs and parties then what is it all about? Exactly. Kind of like, wow, I don't have that smoke screen of, uh, or like you, you call it the numbing. Like I don't have the, um, the facade of like, wow, look how much, look how fun my life is traveling Miami. Woo. Like, you know, party, like having a good time, enjoying like those things are enjoyable. Yes. But take those things away. Like we did. Then all of a sudden it's like, wow, what's it all about? You know? And that's where you need to transition. I think to, um, if you have that thought of like, what's it all about? Then you're kind of like, you have a negative outlook on your life. There's because you're, you're kind of saying it's about nothing and that's not a good place to be. It's gotta be about something. And uh, what I've found a good antidote to that is, uh, is finding ways to improve yourself in different, in different things. Mike Tyson says the purpose, the purpose of life is to be the best, best version of yourself you can be. Cause only good things happen when you, when you better yourself in whatever, whatever area. Yeah, pick you can pick multiple things but 
just become the where where can i be better right like so i play guitar personally i at the beginning of this lockdown i said okay it was it was like the within a week or something of the of the whole lockdown and everything i knew that everything's okay going to be home for a while let's buy some online guitar lessons let's finally get better at guitar and how you want like the level you want to be at and tony robbins says this too who are you now and who do you want to be and then what do you need to do to get there right i need guitar lessons so buy them so now I'm 10 times better than I was before this started. So that's like, wow, you made an improvement. Progress. Uh, get Tony Heish, the, the Tony, happiness guy. Tony Shea, Tony Shea. Yeah. He, he also said, there's, I think there's three or four ingredients for happiness that he talks about. And one of them is progress. You can Google the other ones. But if you're making progress, the, 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 the result is happiness. You feel happy when you're prog- progressing mm-hmm. something, whatever it is. So I got, I, so guitar lessons. I'm like, after this is, I love going to Italy. Uh, after this is over, I want to go to Italy. And this time when I go to Italy, like I can speak Italian, but not like great. But next time I go, when COVID's over, I want to be fully fluent. I don't want to be like broken Italian. And sometimes you're like, what? What are you talking about? I want to be fluent. So Duolingo, done, boom. Every day I have like a 70 day streak now of Duolingo, less Italian lessons, right? Like let's learn Italian. So progress, right? Um anything just pick a few things and 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 make sure you're appropriate because if you're just wasting your days watching netflix and like not really doing anything um that's not like yeah you're gonna say like what's the point of all this what's the point yeah like, i'm I'm also putting hope so like in my thing i'm by learning italian every day i'm reminding myself why am i doing this oh because when this is over i'm gonna go to italy and enjoy my life again right exactly i'm enjoying my life now but enjoy going to italy again exactly this little little seed of hope too growing yeah doing those lessons uh so that's what's gotten me through it like without even i don't, I don't really care like it's yeah I, I, I read tons of books too so i'm like great i if tony does this too what's great about this bad thing that's mm-hmm. happened right what's great about covid is all of a sudden i have so much time to read tons of books i love reading i have so much time to do guitar i have so much time to learn italian i have so much time to do podcasts i have so much time to whatever right like all of a sudden what's great about covid is a lot of time so find something positive and pro- productive to do with the time exactly and tony says this too it's a key line he goes if you're not growing you're dying you know like right. there, there's no in between right so i think that folks just kind of found out there was this numbness and they they got sick of it man you gotta fix your mic go fix your mic i'm gonna have to figure out what that is yeah i i think that it's actually very figure outable man just like a quick google uh, Google search away. But anyways, that said, if you're not growing your dime, man, I think that a lot of folks, they were awoken to the the ease of their lives and they didn't consciously choose, yo, I got to do some difficult fucking shit. Um, and the beauty of the way we live now is that you can choose whatever difficult thing you want to do. Um, whatever feels right to you would be my, my compass. Anybody should guide themselves with whatever you want to do that you feel would be enjoyable. Go fucking do it. Try to read seven books in a week that would be hard as fuck like literally just and do something that feels fucking hard and you'll kind of feel who you are like reading is the best thing you can do it's the the best use of time possible i'd say yeah it really dude it really is man i fucking love reading but anyways to wrap this up and wrap it out what are a few good things you should and would have people consider in uh in 2021 going in 2021 i'd say is um it's kind of like we're at the end now where the lights at the end of the tunnel, we're coming closer to that. And, uh, like we're, it's like, it's like good times. It was like going into 2020. It was like, yeah, new year. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, 
this isn't great but now we're like new year and then in a few more weeks or months um we'll be out of it hopefully like i don't see how we're not uh like every pandemic in history has ended right so this one will end too mm -hmm. uh the, the the beauty is that we have modern technology to end it a lot sooner like the spanish flu lasted i think three or four years and millions of people died not uh well i think like 1.3 or 4 million people have died now which is sad but like tens of millions of people died spanish flu and then the bubonic plague plague in uh, the 1300s was uh millions like they didn't even know what a plague was or what vi how virus spread they didn't even know what a virus was back then and they had uh i think it was london had 12 waves so we're on our second wave right london had 12 and florence had like eight or something or nine so back then they had no way to stop it because they didn't know what it was they thought the gods were punishing them right so they, they didn't have a lot to look forward to for a very that's another like perspective thing right like second wave boom done next right like back to normal Back then, it's like, what hope do you have? We're into year three and 40 or 50% of the whole city is dead, right? And you're like, what's, like, what do we, what do, we do? It's, imagine that chaos if half of Toronto is gone, just dead, you know? And there's no end in sight. It's not like, oh, we got a vaccine. They didn't know what vaccine was back then. They didn't know what a virus was back then. They didn't know how it spread it uh, or spread. Um, so that's another good perspective of like, if this was back then, it would be a total disaster, total catastrophe, chaos. Uh, we're, we're in a good time. Yeah, I agree. Second wave and, and like on the second wave, we have a vaccine and it's going to go away. So there, that's the positive of 2021. As the day go, days go by in 2021, the numbers are going to be dropping all over the world, not only here, all over the world, dropping, dropping, dropping until it's the point of like, okay, we're, we're in the clear. Good job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when, when people get out of it, what are... Uh, not, not, Maybe here, I'll start. I'll get us on like the right track here. Maybe something good for anybody to consider. I'll, I'll just name one thing. To consider in 2021, uh, and I'll just make it general. Um, choose something difficult to to do. And it could be something small and seemingly insignificant, like, I don't know, getting good at golf in your basement, um, learning a language, uh, getting good at guitar. Or it can be something that's maybe m more all-rounded like maybe you want to start a business maybe you want to begin a podcast maybe you want to fucking quit your job and just go without for a little bit and just see what that feels like go freelance or some shit maybe you want to take your art seriously in 2020 i don't know there's a ton of things that you can do but go do something difficult and on that way as a guiding principle one of many you should consider would be center your experience not around being right but around getting better um, I think that those two things would do immense things for folks, mental health and physical health, emotional health. And, oh, goddamn, get in shape. If you're not, like, working out, if you're not eating well in 2021, how, Lord help you, man. Like, the one thing that I want to start making part of the message is, um, is as crazy as this thing's been, the one thing, unfortunately, media doesn't push is um, just take your vitamins. You know, now's been a great time to get in shape, to pick up a few weights and, maybe go for a run um just try to get yourself into like a reasonable shape you don't need to be a, an ultra marathon athlete just try to try to really get yourself into shape really try that could be a fucking difficult if you don't work out and you don't have anything difficult to do during your day and i could recommend you one thing i would say try for 30 days straight without missing a day don't worry about overtraining just work out for 30 minutes a day just do something fucking random 
I, jumping jacks is something. Wow. Yeah, jumping jacks for 30 minutes. That'd be fucking brutal. <laughs> Your uh, calves would be burning. I'd probably have a headache after with all the fucking jumping. Not jumping jacks then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. Just where can you be better and then improve those areas? Not saying I'm perfect because like everybody can be better yeah. in yeah. many, many ways, right? Can I be healthier? Yes. Can I be smarter? Yes. Can I be, uh, I don't know. Can my business make more money? Yes. Okay. So go do those things and get them done. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Sweet man. Uh, Jason was, I'm fucking really glad we got to do this before 2020 wrapped. Um, all I, I really, so long as you're willing, want to keep on having you on. Um, I've noted time and again, I think some of my favorite conversations are with you. Um, so really appreciate, yeah, thank you, man. Um, appreciate your time, man. I know I don't take it lightly at all. It's been, it's been a nice hour and a half actually. Uh, so it's been a, been a good little go. We're getting to Joe Rogan level here. <laughs> Joe Rogan. I'll fix my mic for next time if we do it. Dude, you know what's cool? That Joe goes for like three hours. Imagine it would actually be a lot of fun to just keep on. I'm not, I don't right now. It's not a good day to do it. Cause I actually got to get some stuff done, but I, mm-hmm. uh, one day we should just try doing because some of our conversations end up stretching for what feels like two hours but three imagine three hours of this with like a kevin hart or somebody that'd be pretty fucking cool yeah that's the thing what what i noticed though when podcasts go a long time there's a lot of stories in them right so like and stories take time to explain and like present so i think that's um that's a, that would be a good if you wanted to do that then it would be a lot more storytelling of like to, what how did you learn this and then or what happened with this? Oh, okay. Well, that starts back then. We This is how we used to do it or whatever, right? Or some story you have from school or something. I noticed those long podcasts are usually stories. And that's what makes them so easy to listen to because there's a lot of stories, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool. A, a note that uh, I'm watching a lot of Mike Tyson podcasts lately because I, I learned so much from that guy. Or just that podcast is, is they always start every podcast with where did you come from? Like how, how did you get here, right? Like what's your story? And that's amazing because it sucks you in instantly of like somebody's telling a story that's um, ingrained in humans to want to listen to stories. So yeah, that's um, we could do it again and, and do a longer format, more stories. Yeah, no, I dude, it would be my pleasure. And actually we should just do fucking, we'll do one on like dating tips. Um, I'll give you some fucked up dating stories that I've had and, those are always fun when you get a chance to chat about that. I have a ton of those. Every guy has a ton of those, man. I know, but it'll be fun because you have excellent advice. Um, and we'll do one on, uh, we'll do one on, uh, some dope, uh, principles of like life and success. We'll, we'll just keep on chopping it up, man. We'll find, maybe, maybe we'll dedicate one to like a, Hey, let's make this like a homie goal in 2021. At one point in time, I don't care when it is, let's both be reading the same book um and then we'll come on here we'll jump on here to discuss it out loud sure you game preview yeah yeah Yeah, some some like solid book sure yeah some solid i'll have to up my fucking ante that week because you're gonna fucking rip through that thing (laughs) i'll probably just have to listen on like three times audible speed um but yeah cool man anyways it's been great brother i appreciate everybody thank you god bless take care talk to you